So have you kicked the uh, Ken self-created cold, which I'm still amazed about, by the way. Yeah. You must have got it from like a delivery driver or somebody. No, no, I'm sure it's just it lingered from a from a wedding or something. Uh, and yeah, I've kicked it. I've been nice. uh, still. I've I've not been getting like the good enough sleep to feel like I, I'm fully recovered. But yeah, okay. It it just, I'm just lingering in that last little like you know when you've almost fully cleared the cold, but you just still can't quite fully breathe a hundred percent. you're at like ninety nine. Your nose occasionally just goes mm, nah. <laughs> That's me. Hello. If if it continues, you should probably go to the doctor because it might be some sort of you know serious condition. No, no, I genuinely like it. This is just me. This is just me. I've been to the doctors for this by almost every single year of my childhood. And they're just like, oh, you're, okay. just, you're just a sickly boy. You're just a sickly individual. You're not going to die, though. Are you asthmatic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just double-checking. I'm pretty sure you, I knew that. But you still are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Hasn't mm-hmm, changed. Mm-hmm. You haven't grown out of it. I don't, I don't need inhalers. I've grown out of it a little bit. I don't need inhalers just to exist anymore. Okay. Uh, I think I've passed asthma on to my cat. She's got it now. Nice. Well, not nice. Yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and more expensive vet bills on the way. I mean, hopefully not. Medicine is affordable. Surgery isn't. Medicine okay. is. How old is Zelda at the moment anyway? She's eight. Is that old for a cat? It's like, what, halfway halfway stage? It's like mi- middle-aged for a cat. I think they've entered their elder years by that point. Okay. But for a cat, their elder years are like quite a while if they, if they don't just die of something random, yeah. I, I can't remember if I've said this on the show before. Probably have. All right. But we will likely eventually get a cat. Hey! Because Graham loves really all animals. Like, to the extent we'll be playing GTA Five okay. together, yeah. basically, like, completing missions and stuff. Okay. It was a 15 quid at uh, sex, so we were just straight on it. Yeah. Doing all the missions. Yeah. And he's got absolutely no problem with running over right. dozens of people, or me running over dozens of people in the street. Yeah. But as soon as I run over a dog, it's like end of the I mean, world yeah, but have you heard the sound that the dogs makes you or know? I run over a cow or I, a rabbit any of these like tiny little cgi creatures <laughs> and suddenly it's like i cannot believe you've just done that but sure just run over as many people as you can that's fine yeah in the games yeah so that is both true for for video games but also for real life so yeah, all, we went g- to... giggling always you run over people but not the animals oh, in real life yeah no t- to be clear yeah absolutely we're we're completely fine with mowing down pedestrians on Buchanan Street. They are very slow. Yeah, yeah. To, be, to be clear, yeah. they got to get... If they want to be in town, they should at least not be near the road. And people walk so slowly as well. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like a... I know it's kind of it's like a, they, they almost are. like a gay in-joke. They're chilling. But like gay people walk very quickly and well, everyone else is just trudging along. It's, Do gay people walk fast? Yeah, it's an actual thing. Google it. All right. We just walk fast. All, every, every gay I know walks fast. <laughs> <laughs> to the extent that when I walk with straight people, I feel like I'm. It's in, life has begun to slow motion. Interesting. I'm not kidding. This is a real thing. A real, a real trope. Anyway, I'm not going to say it like again. Every every single one of these things is broad strokes. Okay. Bro- but not if you're gay and you walk slow, we're not going to judge you. Well, that doesn't I am. make you not gay anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so that this is true for real life as well. To the extent we, or rather, Graham has been harassing one of my friends on Instagram because he's been posting pictures of his dogs, right. which are two Italian greyhounds, one of which is seven weeks old. Yeah. And every time one of these pictures comes up on his feed, Graham is like, oh, this dog's amazing. It's beautiful. It's changed my life. And so we went to see said dogs uh-huh. a couple uh-huh. of weeks ago. And the friend. And, and friend. Well, I was there yeah. for the friend. Graham was there for the dogs. Yeah. And yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. I was reacting as if there was a wasp in the room every time they came near. Well, you don't like was, dogs. 
No, no, not not these ones anyway. These we like, yeah, they yeah. just run around everyone. They're trying to lick you and Very bite energetic. you. And ah, yes. I was kind of veering from side to side and making all kinds of faces if they got anywhere near me. Getting so, at the electric sweaty. Yeah. So we've decided dog is not going to happen yeah. because, you know, relationships are, are a compromise. And we've decided children, nope. Uh-huh. That's, uh, that's one we both agree on. Uh-huh. Dogs. Uh-huh. Graham would adopt all the dogs in the world tomorrow if he could. But I'm the one with the purse. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm, nope, mm-hmm. we can't adopt all the dogs in the world. Yeah, in fact, we but can I adopt suppose none, but you know what? <laughs> at some point, I suppose we could get an animal of sorts. And so wow. cat is probably going to happen, not anytime soon, but it will happen eventually. Highly recommended. Unless Just they get asthma. Check your insurance better than I do, I guess. Well, I've got life insurance now. I've got life insurance for, for yeah, us both. I don't, yeah, I don't think getting a cat, you need to worry about your life insurance too much. Right. They are quite evil, but not quite that evil. Well, the first casualty is going to be the plants. We have, at last count, That's a thing, yeah. 18 plants. And they are I... not long for this world if we introduce a cat to them. Well, some of them won't be long for the world. Cats are drawn to some plants more than others. If you've got any spider plants, they're gone. <laughs> Noted. Uh, to me, they all just look green and pointy, and that's um, again that's Graham's job. He he is plant daddy. I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Why was he run over a plant in that game? I, well, I've I've mown down a few hedges, but again, I don't think they're quite as uh, sentient as yeah, not quite, dogs, okay, as far yeah. as I'm aware. Just just check, you know, just check it, just in yeah. case. Yeah, uh, it's. It's the one thing, again, when I've been noting my the skills I have. I am good at driving on GTA. That's one thing I can do. Okay. Congrats. Yeah, but one thing I, I can't do is is DIY. This is a known fact. In GTA? In GTA, but also in just in real life as well. I am currently yes. standing okay. in the half-finished studio. I am in my vocal cupboard, which is finished. Ah, yes. But I, uh, I am looking around at the walls, uh-huh. and I have made oh, a no. rookie error. Uh-huh. So see this thing that you're meant to put on the walls before you paint called primer? Yes. I did not know this was a thing. I just thought you just slap the paint on right. and it's totally fine. Well, I mean, you, with some paint you can just slap it on. Just an extra coat would do it. Over right. The... So I slapped on this paint. Right. But because clearly the previous owners have used some sort of, I don't was know. It, like was it a varnished wall? Var- yeah, like varnished was stuff. Was it varnished? You just painted varnished wood? <laughs> right. Like varnished <laughs> paint on some of the walls around no, every varnish. skirting board. I mean, sure. Okay, fine. It's var. It's, I don't know what it varnish. is, but basically, I tried to paint it, <laughs> yeah. and it didn't. It did not stick. Of course, it didn't. It's varnished. <laughs> I love it, this. Right, but I didn't. I didn't know this, and so I spent probably six hours on Sunday oh, no. painting this entire room. And yeah, it's all just drippy. I kind of knew it was going to be. It was going to be a two coat job. But what I've had to do instead is I've googled like, all right, what did I do wrong? And essentially, it said, all right. Everywhere above the skirting boards, because clearly the previous owners were too lazy to be, I don't know, careful with their varnish. They've painted all over the skirting boards and just some of the lower half oh, of the wall. Slapped on the walls of the varnish too. Single wall. <laughs> so the recommendation was then: Oh, you should be using primer. Primer and it or will go sand, over the varnish, sand it down, or, or sand it. Yeah, it will go over the varnish and it'll be fine. And also the other thing is. There were, when I took all the wallpaper off the walls here, there were about two dozen screws and roll plugs just left in the wall that, again, previous owners too lazy to take them out before they put up the wallpaper. Right. So I filled them, Uh sanded them, and then have painted over them. But of course, 
it it's clear as day there's a roll plug underneath the paint. Aye, yeah. And so I've had to go round the entire room again with this primer. Just get wee stickers. Covering. Just get nice cute little stickers and put them on. Every single bit of varnish and every single roll plug. Yeah. And now I'm going to have to do two coats of the original paint again. So there's going to be four of layers of paint in this room. It's probably going to make the, the room smaller by the time I'm finished. <laughs> I mean, it technically does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's been, good, uh, like, that's been my life. Lessons learned. That's DIY. You're not bad at DIY. You just haven't done it before, you know? No, I have done loads of it. If, it, <laughs> if at any thing. point... You, well, yeah, but you haven't done this before, right? Because if at any point in the past... I have! You had painted something that was varnished, you would have learned this lesson. Fair. But you haven't painted something that was varnished before, so now you've learned the lesson. That's just how <laughs> DIY works. I should have known it was varnished, though, because it didn't look the same as the rest of the wall. I don't know. I don't know. Walls look weird sometimes. I don't judge too hard there. So I was... Like, granted, granted, you should uh, do a little patch test. That's the real lesson, is to always, like... (laughs) Yep. Give a bit. I go, let it dry out, see how it goes. Next time. Next time. Well. Yes. I have learned my lesson. That's what you're good at. You're good at learning lessons. Yeah. That is true. That is true. I am good at that. But usually too late. Like something's gone terribly, someone didn't terribly wrong, and I didn't realize at the time. And it's only like it's been pointed out to me. Oh, by the way, Colin, you messed up that. Oh, and you did that wrong. Oh, and you messed that up. Then I'm like, oh yeah, so I did. Mm. I will learn. I. What about you? I believe in you. Got any self reflection lately? Uh, uh, mm, no. no, no, not at all. Nice. No. Well, I'm just chilling. Welcome to the show where we just chill. And uh, I'm actually also drinking a homemade uh, coffee, which was made from from real beans, and it's. How oh, did you get a coffee grinder? Significantly better than store bought coffee. What can I say? Is it grounded? Co- just like you ground the coffee beans, or did you buy ground coffee? No, we so we we bought the beans. Nice. We bought the beans. Okay. And then we nice. have a coffee machine that makes the beans into ground ground beans into powder, and then you smoosh the the powder together so it's nice and compact. Oh, you got we espresso machine. And then it machine. makes a coffee. Yeah, it's like a whole barista thing. So you man. actually are doing the packing in and all of that. Well done. Yeah, all all this stuff. I'm not again. Graham knows what he's doing. I am just watching and imitating. Oh no, good on you. That stuff's good. It's very tasty. Yeah. So come to my house and have a nice coffee. I will. Anyway, welcome to Seesaw Parade episode. I don't know three one nine. I think is it. I'm currently checking. Ah, it is. But yeah. uh, I will fill for the time being. It is. It's because I sent a file called 318 to you last week. Tremendous. So it is indeed 319 yeah. confirmed. So as long as I didn't lie then, we're not lying now. Okay. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. My name's Colin and James is over there. I, in a faraway I, land called Glasgow. I am. I'm over here. And we did have some feedback actually on, on our previous episode because oh. I was talking about the fact that <laughs> Graham is very good at impressions and I can do only one. Right. And then I did not actually give a rendition okay. of said impression, which is Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. Oh, I'm a, fa- I'm a failure because that's my job to ask you to do it. Sorry. So thank you, Michael, for getting in touch. This is uh, a, a, an American listener. Colin, I hear you do a real good impression. You told us last week and we forgot to tell you. Could you do it for us, please? I, I can. Just just to quote uh, Michael here, who sent a message to uh, Katerina, who passed it on to me. All right. Uh, th- this is the message. Wait. Colin said he can do a Patrick from SpongeBob impersonation. Then he doesn't do it. I call shenanigans. Nay, I call...
fucking shenanigans. One level higher. Whoa. That was big shenanigans. <laughs> I, I don't I think that that implies a lack of trust in us that I don't think we've deserved. <laughs> and then a second message would say, I even waited to the end to see if he'd slip it in. Heard that before. Hey. <laughs> and, they, and they always end up disappointed. Hey. Never happened. Uh, actually, you know what? I said we didn't deserve to have that level of shenanigans called in us, but we never do what we promise to. So actually, this is we true. have deserved that for sure. Do it. Okay. So I need to now remember like uh, an iconic Patrick quote. And I'm no, don't. somewhat just, struggling. Just continue the episode, but in Patrick voice. Do the episode, but in Patrick voice. <laughs> That's not doing the episode. That's copying what I said. Uh, Welcome to Seesaw Parade, uh, episode 319. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where are you? I, I, I'm doing my SpongeBob impression. Yeah. Where's yeah. the leak, ma'am? Oh, no. It's pretty good. Is, it's good. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Oh, no. Here ends the impression. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick had to go. He, um, he lost his job. Oh, right. No. Thank you for the feedback. I much appreciate, much appreciated, and thank you very much for listening wherever you are in the world. And of course, you can send us in your reviews, which Emel uh, has done hey. this week. Who watched something which will come to my mind when I remember it? But she sent it in, and it was very enter- entertaining. So, uh, and uh-huh. can I just uh, just to big up? You know, people doing successful things. Okay. She did a stand-up comedy gig, two nights of stand-up comedy gig opening act or support act for like a famous comedian person All right. at like a 500 seater venue in Aberdeen. Hey! Apparently killed clap, it. Clap, 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 clap. Of course. Of Which course is great. killed it. So well done, Emil. Yeah. You'll hear well from her later, but not not about the, the stand-up. Well, Sadly. maybe we should hear about the stand-up, though. That, that's on a secret episode. Oh. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> anyway, shall we, uh, shall we talk about news? Stuff that's actually happened? Sure. Can we do an impression of people who are smart? Let's talk about, uh... <laughs> I'm not sure Patrick can say Evgeny Prigozhin. I'll be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just not going to try that. Yeah. Vladimir! Nope. Lost no, it. I've lost yeah, it. You have. Okay, let's talk about, uh... Yeah, Russians who definitely did not get murdered. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, we've got... Uh, sorry, we start about Trump. Trump first. I mean, we can talk about Russians who didn't get murdered first. Yeah, I okay. don't care about it. Let's the run order might say one thing, but if you say the other thing, and especially if Patrick says the other thing, then I'm persuaded. To Russia we go! <laughs> right, three times is plenty. This is the news that <laughs> Russia have said. Oh, don't, don't. Oh, no! I am going straight into this. No. I don't care. Russia have confirmed that sorry this is a very a very hard u-turn the tone shift was just so good 10 <laughs> you, you you are clearly experienced on radio right russia have confirmed <laughs> 10 bodies and flight recorders have been recovered from the scene of a jet crash oh, which is presumed to have killed wagner yes. chief yevgeny prigozhin yeah. So investigators say uh, genetic tests are being carried out yeah. after the plane crashed near Moscow on Wednesday. which um, But they have identified his body by his missing finger. Oh, have they? I don't know I that. believe so. Anyway. It, <laughs> I could have dreamed of that for all I know. As soon as I saw this news that a plane had crashed and Progosian was on it, I messaged you instantly. 
You said with, a very thoughtful message, to be it, fair. It was, it was very poignant. thoughtful, but yeah. it, essentially it was, of course, of course this has happened. So yeah, yeah, to yeah. give you the the lowdown, this chap, Prigozhin, who, of course, once loyal to Putin, uh, led really? uh, a 24-hour <laughs> aborted armed revolt. Yeah, the coup. It was really good. By his mercenary fighters in June. So, yeah, if you recall... Basically, for months, he'd been having a go at Putin and his military chiefs saying, look, we've not been armed here fighting the Ukrainians. Our soldiers are being attacked by the Russians. We've been abandoned. So we're now going to march on you, Vlad. And so they turned around. They took the city of Rostov-on-Don within about two hours. There were tanks patrolling the streets of Moscow. And then in less than a day... Putin ran away, to be fair. Yep. Putin just phoned him up and said, actually... um, so you can't really do a coup. So instead of us sending you to prison, just go to Belarus and we'll call it quits. Yeah. And they said, okay, Amicable we'll do agreements. that. <laughs> Don't know and how. then two months pass and now Prigozhin is dead. Yeah, right. Just, just coincidence, man. Just, These things happen. Planes just happen to blow up with important people on them. Well, not even that, though. Not even that. All right, obviously, like, obviously... Everybody in the world is pretty much sure that this is an assassination, right? They just blew, they, somebody planted a yeah, bomb on the plane or something, right? Everybody's sure of this. It can't be confirmed, but we're all just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like secretly, but I, out loud, also, we all agree that this was someone getting killed. Now, obviously, on this plane, there was probably a couple of people who were whose job it was just to be on the plane and be normal human beings, and it's sad that they died. The, most of the people on the plane, I'm assuming, it's not so sad that they died. Um, also true. But especially when it comes to somebody who tried to coup his country and then just kept flying around that same country. Like, how could you be so stupid? We talked about how stupid he was back when he did the coup and then stopped the we coup did. and he just seemed like an idiot. 62. Why did he just keep flying around Russia? I presume, though, because he was given some sort of reassurance from Putin when he signed that deal to what call off the coup. What reassurance from Putin mean? <laughs> right, but because obviously the two of them go way back, he was like, okay... Sure, I'll go to Belarus. Just promise you won't assassinate me. Right. And Putin was like, sure, I won't do it. And then he was crossing his fingers behind his back. Yeah, but what if Putin was like, yeah, I won't do it in Belarus. <laughs> yeah, I won't do it. If you go to Belarus, I won't assassinate Russia. you there. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> it just seems crazy to me to have any level of trust that yeah. you're not going to be dispatched with, you know, at, at, at the next possible decent hour. Um, but no, yes, yeah, so he's he's dead. His his next in line uh, also in, died. in charge of Wagner also died. Uh, the Wagner mercenaries are all talking about you know, uh, marching on 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 Moscow, whatever, whatever. It's just more drama. But ultimately, it's a seemingly incredibly stupid person who somehow had a ton of power is yeah. dead. So on Friday. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov told the BBC there was lots of speculation around the tragic deaths and said, in the West, the speculation comes from a certain angle. It's all a complete lie. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Russia are not going to be like, yeah, sure, we shot down our own plane and it was totally us. (laughs) But, yeah, it does seem to be very interesting timing with a very interesting victim at the heart of it. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and a, and a weird-looking crash. Uh, so on Friday, the leader of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, said that up to 10,000 Wagner fighters would continue to be based in the country. Um, mm-hmm. But what this means for the future of that mercenary group, I mean, I presume there will be someone who will 
step someone up. Someone will step take up, charge. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah someone yeah. who I presume is more loyal to Putin than uh, Prigozhin was. I mean, maybe, yeah. For now. Yeah, but also Lysenko. I thought he went way back with Prigozhin, so it's kind of I don't know. I don't know how he's going to feel about the whole thing, but he's probably always feeling like he's he's about to be assassinated too. Maybe maybe he doesn't fly as much. Aside from that, like Ukraine has been pumping out the propaganda as usual, but they are saying yeah. that they are still making advances, breakthroughs, um, and whatnot, and whatnot. And and Russia it does is, seem to have slowed. It has indeed. It does, as always, it will. Um, any offensive is slower than just chilling and letting the enemy kill themselves in your fields. Um, but at the same time, um, Russia is talking about another mass mobilization, so still still panicking a little bit. So yeah, it's pretty, again prolonged, but. There's, there is news. There's just too much. Yeah. Okay, let's go stateside and talk about uh, another... Someone who needs to fly more. <laughs> oh, yep. Okay, we'll take, we'll take it from there. Donald Trump has this week surrendered in Georgia, the state rather than the country, that would be odd, on charges of plotting to overturn the United States 2020 election results. Yes. Which saw the first ever mugshot of a former U.S. president published <laughs> this week. So satirical, I can't believe it. So Mr. Trump had to pay a bail bond of $200,000 to be released from the Atlanta jail while he awaits trial. I can't believe he got out on bail. I presume you saw the, the mugshots and other mugshots, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell among I've, them? I have seen, yeah, I've seen I've seen all of them. There was a surprising number of people smiling in their mugshots, yeah, to be honest. But I, I guess that's because they have told themselves that, well, this is, as Mr. Trump called it, a, uh, a travesty of justice. And so rather than oh, being yes. actually scared of going to jail, they're just like, haha, this is actually going to help, which I fear it might. Uh, well, yeah, it will bolster the support their support will be will be stronger uh-huh. anybody who still supports but I don't think it's going to make anybody new support this side of the argument okay it's not going to bring anybody fresh to to Trump's campaign or to sympathetic views of the all the lawyers who got, who got arrested I did see just as a side note I did see Tim Pool's take on this was like they're arresting lawyers now yeah <laughs> like that's an evil thing to do you can't arrest lawyers they never do anything wow like I thought lawyers could do whatever they wanted and not mm. get arrested. Anyway, it was <laughs> Anyway, Trump's that's another fo- idiot. You know, we're idiots, he's an idiot, it's fine. We're all idiots. Anyway, this was Trump's fourth arrest in five months in a criminal case. But the but the most real one so far. Sure. Mr. Trump later posted on X. Oh, yeah, X. Formerly known as Twitter for the first time since Just January 2021, uh, sharing the address of his website and the mugshot with an all-caps caption, election interference never surrender. Yes, yes. It's nice that he keeps okay. on doubling down. <laughs> so, Mr. You're, Trump... You're getting arrested for what you're currently saying. Keep it going. Yeah, so Mr. Trump was uh, inside the facility in Fulton County for about 20 minutes. Dozens of his supporters gathered outside, and he's been charged with, I believe, is it four different counts? Let me just check this I here know this point. essentially he was he was initially charged about two weeks ago and this was his yeah hand yourself in time so yeah he was officially charged yeah like a lot of other people yeah. with 13 charges my bad Sorry, i keep boshing them which included racketeering election meddling which he has said yes was politically motivated and that's not like getting a gold it's a 98 page indictment 41 charges in total 19 defendants one of which is trump 
Yeah, and the defender it's an interesting bunch of defendants as mm-hmm. well, as you as you were saying, with with some well known names, but other people who are just again, throwing away just the potential for selling a bestseller book for a bit uh, and, and expose instead of like just turning their back on Trump and write and getting written some book on their behalf and making a billion they, they decided to make a couple of calls very illegal calls and now they're going to jail well so so here's the thing which I I will struggle to wrap my head around if at the end of the court case as I expect will happen uh Trump will be cleared because I just don't I don't see a world in which you're too pessimistic. He is uh, uh, that is true. In which he is found guilty and he goes to prison. However, that being said, in January 2021, and we talked about this, the then president was recorded on the phone asking yeah. the Secretary of State in Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, you, uh, to find 12,000 extra votes, which was the number he needed to beat Biden. How on earth could any jury in the world hear that evidence and say anything other than, yes, this man absolutely attempted to no, yeah, interfere no. in the election? That's the one thing. I Like one piece no, I, of dozens of pieces of evidence that I'm sure we'll see over the actual trial in which... Any during in the world, how on earth is that defensible? In yeah, any reality, that, that's the the play for Trump and Trump's team is going to be stupid little hang-ups of the law. It's going to be aiming for mistrials, delays, all of these things. They, 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 they won't like. There won't be a jury who can't be convinced that there was criminality, that there, there was criminal intent, and and all of that stuff. Like you're saying, like what kind of jury would hear even that one piece of evidence and not be like, oh yeah. Um, So all the rest of the evidence, too, of course, jurors are going to be like, yeah. So the Trump team is like, one, he's fired his his lawyer and replaced him again. Um, But they're aiming for ridiculous concepts um, like um, First Amendment rights. And they're definitely going to be aiming for long trials um, where they just delay and delay and delay until uh, until the entire system changes on their behalf is their hope, I guess. They would get the right people in the right stations. Um, they need the president to be the right person, but they also need a bunch of people in Georgia to be the right people. And they aren't those people right now. Uh, but at the same time, uh, they are just hoping, I think, to cause another huge amount of, of civil unrest. And it sounds a little bit like they want civil war, but let's not get too crazy I mean, That's here. not going to happen, though. It, well... They won't get a civil war, but they could get people being idiots and getting themselves killed. For sure. Um, yeah. And and they are doing things like threatening the grand jury who who's allowed this trial to occur. They've, they've uh, QAnon has posted the addresses and the names of uh, the entire jury who put the trial forward to this stage. So then anybody who is on the next jury will feel doubly scared. So there's, there's all sorts of layers of... Um, <laughs> Like trying to use, um, trying to manipulate people and manipulate the law to make this trial just prolonged. I don't think okay. even Trump's team thinks he's going to get away with it. But if they can just like keep the trial going forever until he dies, yep. then that's that's kind of their thing. Okay, just a tangent then, because while Trump was heading to Georgia, the rest of the Republican presidential wannabes all took part in a televised debate. Did you see any they of this? I did. I didn't watch very much of the debate because did they you are see all that incredibly boring. Only one in eight of them put their hands up when they were asked if climate change was real? Yeah, climate change, they all pretend they don't think it's real. I think five of the eight said that they'd, Which they'd even back Trump Republicans if he got charged. were calling out. Yeah, it's cr- like even Republicans recognize that their, their party is, is trying to get the crazy voters and that's it. 
Um, and for me, Republicans are crazy. Yeah. Like so, they are crazy voters to me. But there's people who are even crazier in their eyes. Off, that is true. Off the back of this, uh, Reuters and Ipsos Mori did a poll which showed, as expected, <laughs> Donald Trump still leads the way. It's horrible, uh, man. By nearly forty percentage points over Ron DeSantis, with everybody else distantly third fourth fifth and sixth and the interesting point here is when they interviewed or spoke to these over 1000 american adults i cannot form the <laughs> sentence basically it showed that uh yeah support for trump is currently 38 percent to biden's 32 well, yeah. if there was an election yeah. tomorrow biden isn't so that's encouraging inspiring but biden wasn't inspiring and he's still dominated <laughs> you know um i don't think we need to care about the current numbers of who would win between biden and trump it would be very nice if the democrats just you know we're like oh one one biden is enough let's move on to somebody more inspiring who actually has ideas and uh, it's not going to happen but that doesn't mean that we should be scared just because a certain number of people really like trump and nobody really really likes biden uh because i think the election, just like the last one, will be a, a, a Trump versus not Trump vote rather than a Trump versus whoever else it is vote. Okay. And more people hate Trump than like him, to be clear. Still. Right, let's finish the section with some news from the UK. MPs have been on summer recess for the last few weeks, but they return to... Such a lack of drama over here. ...Westminster and Holyrood's this coming week. But some news that did come out this week was that the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, did indeed breach parliamentary what? code of conduct by failing what? to declare Tory his wife's shareholding in a childcare company, which was about to benefit from new government policies. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's Shock. just, how can your brain be so small to be like, oh yeah, I guess we don't need to declare this. Yeah. So the Parliamentary Standards Watchdog launched an investigation in April after it emerged that Rishi Sunak's wife, Akshata Murthy, had shares in Koru Kids. Yeah. And it, also she was an investor in Koru Kids, yeah. which essentially meant that if people were using their that business and a few others, like five or six other childcare businesses, yeah, 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 to yeah. send their kids to uh, in the mornings, then they would benefit financially. They would get some extra government support. And yeah, Rishi, when he was asked about if there was any conflicts of interest, said no. Yeah. And of course, now the standards watchdog has looked into it and said, well, yeah. no, clearly you did breach the code of conduct. However, they've put a small asterisk and said, uh, yeah, inadvertently. Yeah, you did it deliberately. I'm man. not sure like how all that... the other times the Tories don't do things deliberately. Yeah. I, again, nothing's going to come of this. But no, no. Um, worth noting. They know they can get away with it. And like this, again, like 10 years ago, I don't know, maybe this would have felt like a huge scandal. It's just, right now, it feels so tidy and insignificant. Like, of course, the Tories have conflicts of interest. It's just no surprise. Now, yep. I don't mean to say that, like, there are t times where you just have conflicts of interest and you can still do business. You can still be an MP. Uh, it's the it's the just the why don't you just declare them? I am I'm sure declaring this would have made absolutely no difference to the procedure. Yep. And just not declaring it just shows that you're being like slimy about it. I don't know. In other in other we forgot to because this was so long ago. We last time we talked about this is not relevant. <laughs> no, not related. Sorry. Okay. Last time we talked about um whatever uh, the barge the weird name barge. Oh, the baby Stockholm. Yeah, and like. That, that all the all the asylum seekers got put on the barge, and then immediately afterwards they got 
because it's immediately after recording, they all got yeah. removed from the barge because of bacteria. Legionnaire's disease, yeah. Yeah. That's, that was crazy. And another, it's just another incompetence thing because, th- like, all of those tests should be done before people are on it. And that's the procedure, is to do all those tests before anyone's using the, the thing. And they hadn't got the results of the test. They just put these people on the barge before getting the, the, the results back for a test that they actually had ordered. Man. So, so it's, yeah, again, in the last two weeks or whatever, there's more Tory corruption and Tory incompetence. Surprise. Shock and awe. Yeah. One more year of this and a bit. One more year and a bit of, of this. I don't know how, many, how long it is left. I've got no idea. It will go on forever. It probably will. We are a Tory supporting country. The, the, I would, as as every other week, I wouldn't be surprised if we had another Tory government after this, but the numbers really aren't promising for them, but it still wouldn't be surprising. Do you remember, I was talking about this this week actually with uh, someone on a training course. Do you remember when Gordon Brown being caught on a hot mic in a campaign car yeah. saying to one of his colleagues, oh, why did you put me with that bigoted woman? That was nearly enough for him to resign. I was, I think, yeah, calling a woman bigoted was like a huge big issue that could get rid of a prime minister. Where, where actually what she'd said was was bigoted. <laughs> yeah, just calling someone out was, was a big deal. And that was like nearly enough. There were calls for him to stand out as prime minister. Remember that yeah. being a huge scandal? Yeah. Mad. I wonder though, like, even then, I wonder if it was a conservative who said it, if it would have been a big deal. I think there is, there's always going to be this imbalance of if you're in the party of people who just don't like people and want to be selfish, you get away with stuff. And then if you're in the party who's supposed to represent people and be nice and be, you know, reasonable and rational and you say something, you don't get away with it. So I wonder even if in those days a Tory MP would have just said that and the media would not have cared. Right, James, shall we move on and talk about something slightly lighter for the time being, even though it's actually connected to an ongoing news story, which is uh, seeing lots of people lose their homes and not get paid for, or get paid fairly or even at all for work that they're doing. This is the news that June, or Dune, part two, has been delayed until next year. Yes. And this is because of the ongoing strikes taking place in Hollywood. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Warner Brothers were set to release the big budget sequel uh, this November. It's now been pushed nearly six months until March of 2024. Yeah. So spokesperson said the movie would not be released because the actor strike means that the stars can't promote the movie. I mean, yeah. So that's why they're like, doing it, apparently. A part, of, a part of the agreements for the unions is that when you're on strike, you don't do promotion. Like, we saw yep. that when the actors walked off uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah, so yep. it makes sense just to delay. And, I, and I'm sure there's more to it than that, that that's just one of the reasons. Gives them more time um, to, yeah, to finesse. But, like, honestly, any like with a film this size, um, when you know it's going to be good and you know they're going to care about it, when you hear about delays, it's not like, oh, no... It's like not like when an X Man movie gets delayed or X-Man. whatever, you know. You're not gonna be like yeah, X Man, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's not when one of those men get delayed where you're like, oh dear, this film's gonna be worse every single delay. What a thing like this, you're like, oh, maybe they're gonna spend that extra time, you know, making it even better. See, see that? So I don't really mind. Sorry, to- total tangent. Remember that movie? There was X Men. 
like New Breed or something the like new, that. The New Mutant. New the, Mutant. Did the, that the, ever the, get released? The, I feel like that was a few. Yeah, I've watched it. No, I've watched it. Yeah, with a bunch of kid actors from like uh, Game of Thrones and Stranger right. Things and whatnot. But but the trailer, the initial scary trailer, the, the final movie ended up looking nothing trailer like it. Trailer looked so good, and then the film wasn't that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Back back to points. But no, yeah, it's just like Dune, part two. It, like a film getting delayed. Yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it now. But if it's gonna get d- delayed for good reasons. All, I'm all for it, you know. I don't really, and especially in support of a strike action. There's yeah. almost no strikes that I won't support. There's there's a limited amount, you know. If the police are going on strike because they wish that they didn't, that they want that they could be more corrupt, you know, maybe I wouldn't support that strike. Uh, but in a thing like this, where you're just looking for um, fair pay for actors at the bottom of the list, um, and and fair pay for all the other people yeah, working yeah. behind the scenes on films. Uh, I, I fully support the delay of any release and all releases until the, those talks are done. And if if that's if delays is 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 what we are getting instead of like half done projects, uh, great. So it means also that Godzilla <laughs> X Kong, Godzilla times Kong, Godzilla yeah, multiplies yeah, yeah, Kong. Yeah. yeah, the new empire is oh, also no. delayed until April oh. of next year. That's a silly title, Godzilla X Kong. No, it's very anime, actually. Really? Yeah, okay. that, yeah, it's a very anime kind of thing to do. So, I can, well, they, from now on, it's called Godzilla Multiplies Kong. I mean, that just says that that does that sounds like fanfic, like the the saucy kind of fan fanfic. Yeah, sign me up to that. Anyway, it's also off the back of this new superhero movie, Blue Beetle, which was news to me. All right, yeah. Which yeah. grossed twenty five million dollars stateside in its opening weekend. Which is uh, pretty low, considering I was gonna say, how yeah. much money superhero movies r- usually make. Well, and of course, this is in part due to the fact that I mean, I mean, number one, I've never heard of this franchise in my life, or the superhero. I don't think they did much marketing, yeah. But also, yeah, the ongoing strikes posing a problem for studios who want to recoup some of their investment. And if June Part Two is anywhere near as expensive as the first one, if not more so, then yeah, they, they're they're gonna want to wait. To make sure that they can cram their pockets full with as much of our cash as they can. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I think th- there's always going to be films that get released and they're a bit of a flop, especially in the summer, right? That's the that's the whole idea. And Everything is just sorry pushed out now is to get the most people in the seats. But even if it's not going to be that many, the third Spider Verse movie has been delayed indefinitely. Good, good. Yeah, and Again. Disney have also announced a reshuffle of its upcoming yeah. Star Wars, Marvel, yeah. and Avatar films. What? Another reshuffle? Yeah. <laughs> Disney making bad decisions and changing things again? What? Uh, but no, like, uh, again, again, uh, fundamentally, it's a shame to kind of have good things delayed, but it's good to have them delayed so they can remain good. Yeah. Yeah, I look, I, I firmly stand with the actors. I'm standing alongside I them. I wish I was standing alongside them, yeah. And from the studio's perspective, yeah, sure, we have to wait a bit longer, but that's fine. We'll see it eventually. Yeah. If we're spared and well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what <laughs> we've been watching. James, I have yet to watch anything since our last episode it, because really, yeah, I just crammed all, all the right. movies into my it's last rare one. And zero. we have still been watching Better Call Saul. In fact, no, it's a lie. We did finish season three. I thought it was oh. it's like it's a good show. Yes. I don't think it's at this point. I'll wait until the end of season four, five and six. At this point, it is not at Breaking Bad level, even though I saw a lot of comparisons to or people saying, oh, no, it's no. better than Breaking Bad. I 
don't yet uh-huh. agree. It's a very different show, and it certainly yeah, is taking its time to get you to Saul Goodman. Yeah. Because we are halfway through season four, and Jimmy is still currently... Still Jimmy. Se- he's still currently Jimmy rather than Saul, and also he's selling phones to oh, yeah. ne'er-do-wells. Is season three? And we're halfway through season four. Like, I, I, I know it's... <laughs> it's what you want to do as a writer. You want to build yeah, up no, I the get, character I get it, and show no, the yeah. journey that that they're on. But we're halfway through season four, and he's still not Saul Goodman. So they're they're gonna have to cram yeah, this in pretty quick. The middle the middle seasons of the show did meander a little bit. Yep, kind of the character. Some characters were a bit stagnant while they were trying to build up the other ones to the, to the place where you could push yep. things forward. So yeah, I, I could get that. Yeah. And it's it's such a it's such a very different show to Breaking Bad that I think it's a, it, is. it is always unfair for people to either hype up to that level or to like try to compare it much. It's just got a similar team, similar sh- like similar shots and stuff, similar artistry. But yep, like aside from that, if you're not talking about the technicals, it's just, it's not quite comparable. And it's it's cool to see some of the characters be fleshed out in this yeah, true, show. Yeah, true, yeah. And, and they're much more fully formed than in Breaking Bad because we know their their backstory. On that note, did you see Mark Margolis died? Who played uh, yeah. Hector. Yeah, Hector's actor has died, yeah. Hector Salamanca, who turns out he's from Philadelphia. I was American. Did not know that. <laughs> All right, no, I'd seen him in enough other things to, to have realised. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. As is basically everybody in this show. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Still soldiering on season four. And we'll get to the end of that show eventually. Then it's on to other things. James, what have you watched? I finished a show that you finished, and then I said I'd finish it soon, and then I delayed watching the last episodes because it was so good I didn't want it to be done. Uh, I finished Succession. A great show. Excellent okay, show. Okay, what would you summarize it as? Uh, it's a show where you hate everybody, but you kind of like hating everybody. So long as you are someone who watches shows where you can hate every single person in the cast and still enjoy the show, this show is probably for you. If you're somebody who likes to actually get behind the characters of a show, be on someone's This is not team, the show for you. You know, like people, not the show for you. There are likable characters. They are mostly the background characters who are actually fleshed out relatively well occasionally. Um, and that's one of the things about it is the show has a has a has a um, like a very prominent like first cast the first layer of actors who are just always on very good their characters are going through rapid development every single season and it's, yep. and it's great but the show also like lets people in the background slowly get fleshed out as well they don't just remain one note for the entire thing um, that's true. Which is great, and I, I loved that. So, yeah, I like overall amazing show. Um, I, 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 having seen the end now, um, I can't say I'm too surprised at how it ended because they did such a good job of writing the final season. I think the final season. I thought no go. It was a phenomenal ending. Yeah, because there was there was yeah a lot of speculation about how it went, but where each of the characters end up in like the final ten minutes off that they've, show. they've really worked hard to justify it i th- i thought it was it was beautifully written and it was as i believe i said during my review it's a tragedy well, that's what it is you see i think we've got a bit of a disagreement here because it's a bunch of rich idiots who did rich idiot stuff for four seasons and then they all kind of got 
a pretty decent ending. I'm not even going to say comeuppance. No, because most of them broke incredible amounts of laws and never got arrested or anything. You know, most of yeah. them are horrible people who never had anything horrible happen to them. And at the end of the show, they all but, become but do you see vastly why? more wealthy. And and every single one, if if we're being a bit spoilery, right. so if you don't want spoilers, come back next week. Sorry, um, cover your ears. If we're being spoilery, all the kids they don't get what they technically thought they wanted, but they all become incredibly wealthy. Um, yep. For two of them, it's very obvious that the new life is going to be one of freedom, and the interpretation is freedom. One of them is like so. Kendall, um, I think the the ending that they've given him. Uh, it, on the surface, it looks like, hey, maybe he's going to go off himself now. But I think if you just pay attention to the way it's shot, yep. um, he's standing near water rather than standing in water. He's got a bodyguard with him rather than being alone. It's showing that he's moved past the tumult of uh, trying to be the next CEO. I didn't see it that way. And now just kind of at liberty to be whatever we imagine for him in our future, in our brain. I I saw that as, as Kendall being absolutely bereft of... Yeah. He what is. he thought he was destined for. But it's grief rather than suicide suicide ideation, I would say. Whereas, whereas for Roman, it was a sense of relief. I, Very I, obvious. I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that yeah was Roman's obvious. one was obvious. And again, he didn't deserve it. So I'm not going to say like he got what he, he, he got like an, a good ending cause, or for a satisfying ending because Roman was a little Nazi boy who deserves to be in just, jail. Just to interrupt to this point, can can you see where I would say aspects of the show make it a tragedy oh yeah there's 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 it's a tragic show like in the in the in the classic about tragic people yeah in the classic sense of the term in terms of like theater right, play, right, right. like sure it, like on the on the comedy and tragedy balance there are elements that I guess that's lean I mean. heavily towards tragedy um uh but yeah I, like the characters none of them got what they does i maybe okay so maybe uh the good the dude the dude the one who won tom Wormsgangs. Tom, Wormsgangs. I just, I got his, I got Madison. That's the only name I remembered. And that's just not the guy. Um, like Tom, um, they spent the, the whole final season making it look like he either had cancer or was actually the only person working hard enough to earn something like a win at the end of the season. Um, and so when he won, it was like, oh yeah, of course, because obviously he didn't have cancer because right. it was 10 minutes until the season finale and they hadn't announced that yet um so i was like okay when tom when tom is the winner it made sense um siobhan i would say is one of the only characters that maybe got what she deserved because she spent the entire four seasons stabbing everybody in the back um, and rejecting the concept of family and in the end she's kind of just forced into a almost a housewife position where she's being booted out of the company but again she's she's a billionaire she has power at that point yeah yeah, they've proven over the course of the show that all the kids are incompetent. They're probably going to squander their billions, but it's hard to squander billions successfully. They're going to be rich for the rest of their lives. Um, so, like, it's a bunch of evil people who, yes, they lost in a way, like, they didn't win what they wanted to win, but they're going to be fine. And I hate that they're going to be fine. They all deserve to be completely, like, destitute. But at the same time, there's the next level of <laughs> their father is, the, is is at fault. He's the reason they are the way they are. He made them all bitter, backstabby, horrible people, and he got he got what he deserved because he died, <laughs> like the show promised, which is great. Um, but no, I think for me it was characters like uh, is it Ewan um, James Cromwell's character? He's he's very good. 
wonderful. It's when it was when characters of his caliber in the show, whenever he showed up, I I got excited. I wanted to know what he was going to say again because he's a he's a detestable person. He's pretending to be anti-capitalist while like reaping the rewards of his brother's business and just living a privileged rich life. But he he said so many really cool lines and really well delivered lines, and then like all those like secondary characters that there were people that I. That, that I enjoyed hating the most because it was like drip-fed hatred. So rather than the, okay. the main three characters who I just hate all the time and they're the worst all the time and I'm just wanting them to all lose, but they're never going to lose and I, and I know they're never going to lose. Everybody else, it was just really fun to just hate them for like five minutes and then they disappear for the next six episodes. Um, but no, I, like again... It was it was a really well done show and like because there were elements of each of these characters that you learned to like. Like for example, Tom, he's the worst person in the world, but in the season finale, yep. he deliberately kept his like weird little stickers that Connor Roy gave him to claim stuff. He kept them all day so he could stick one onto onto Greg's forehead at the end. Yeah. That's so endearing. That's like the cutest thing that happened in the entire show. Why? Like he planned his little speech to to keep greg in the business you know like that level of intelligence with the writing is so nice yep it is it is but yeah no talented like, people working on the show some 10 out of 10 episodes a funeral episode right, let's wrap it up perfect tv yes perfect TV. absolutely phenomenal all right sorry that was ages you'll cut that down it's it's fine it's fine i will okay if you have anything <laughs> you finished if anything you've watched then you can send it to Colin, us. I watched another thing. I know, I'm going to come back to that. But Emel has sent us a thing that she watched. So True. here she is. Funny, funny Emel. Emel, who gets paid to be funny. Hello, Seesaw Parade Bays. How are you doing? Very nice to see you both recently in person. True. I feel like sometimes I have seen James. I think I said this yes. to you, James. I feel like sometimes I have seen you and had conversations with you. And then I realize actually all it is is me doing these reviews yeah. and you chipping in, which is much appreciated, um, <laughs> but perhaps doesn't quite meet the standard of a, a real human conversation. Count, no. But I enjoy it all the same. <laughs> anyway, I am back to do another fake conversation with Yay. James slash a review. Oh. And the show I'd like to review today is Ted Lasso, oh, um, of which yes. I've watched all of season one and part of season two. Yes. In case you don't know, uh, Ted Lasso, uh, the the lead character is Ted Lasso, yes. played by Jason Sudeikis. And he's an American football coach who is recruited as the new manager of Richmond FC, a, I think, fictional uh, English Premier League football club. And he's recruited by their owner, Rebecca, played by the wonderful Hannah Waddingham. Yes. A move which causes much confusion, considering Ted has no experience yeah. in playing football, never mind managing a professional team. Aye. I feel I can't say too much more without giving away key elements of the plot, but as much to say that Ted's extra sunny American optimism and warmth stands in quite stark juxtaposition to a team of egos, insults, and just general UK toxic masculinity. Yes. The tension is beautifully crafted to produce both poignant and hilarious moments. And it reminds me of some degree to uh, of Scrubs, oh, that shit, sort yeah. of brilliant combination yeah. of gritty, real life, messy pain, sitting very comfortably next to kind of top tier comic writing. And in fact, I think it was James who told me yes. this, Zach Braff <laughs> guest directed one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, there are so many just lovely like little vulnerable moving and gentle moments that i think i teared up at every episode and had a full-on weep at the finale 
And I think a big part of that is how it really well frames how patriarchy and toxic masculinity hurt men, how it's really negative for them. Yeah, yeah. And how Ted's masculinity, which I see in kind of air quotes, because what is masculinity, mm-hmm. of being gentle and forgiving, of feeling his big feelings, yeah. of knowing that rupture and repair are normal parts of human relationships, appear so much stronger and more attractive than the footballers who are all about ego and self-pity and hurt feelings and being the best and all the rest of it. Yeah. Now, there are some lines that don't quite hit the mark. There is the odd character you don't totally warm yeah, to, even yeah, though you're clearly yeah. meant to. And some slightly wondering side stories. But overall, this is, uh, in my opinion, a show of super casting, writing and acting that really captures that mm-hmm. clash of sort of US-UK culture. The ugliness of toxic masculinity not just in football, I mean, especially in football, but it does apply more broadly, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. And just the humanity of everyone underneath it all. All the while making you laugh, of course. Of course. It is, I think, a hilarious, clever, and I actually would describe it as like a therapeutic watch. All right. You do have to have Apple TV to watch it, so it does mean another oh. subscription. Uh, but hey, what yeah. is six ninety-nine a month compared to the cost of an actual therapist? Bargain. <laughs> just a joke well, everyone should get a therapist yeah okay HHS. bye yeah i mean when you put it like that it does make me think well do I, do I need this therapist probably not i'll just watch ted lasso instead <laughs> yeah it definitely works <laughs> help me help me deal with all my masculinity I've just got so much of it well, but I, that is, like, it's good that this kind of show is being made in that sense oh, for because sure. the, the concept i've heard loads of good things, yeah, about, loads the show, of things about the show and by the way like it's not just that um zach Braff directed an episode that is the same producer as scrubs so, Bill Lawrence. Is um, it? So, Bill Lawrence, who did Scrubs, Clone yes. Cougar Town. I don't remember any of his more recent stuff. Yeah, he did this, he did this one. Um, he's so Talented man. It makes sense that it feels a lot like Scrubs. And it also makes sense that both of those shows kind of tackle the, the concept of, like, what is masculinity in these different environments. Because Scrubs did the same thing. And it's a very important, like, topic for the current age because this concept of toxic masculinity is so so much of a meme right now yep. and very misunderstood because it isn't meaning all masculinity is toxic. It means some things that people consider masculine are toxic, actually, not masculine, and they shouldn't be good. Um, so there's actually pushback against the phrase that needs some rework because it just sounds like it is saying masculinity is toxic. Um but obviously it isn't because we talked about it with um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's these elements of how, how difficult it is for m- men to do things like openly feel their emotions, to be kind, to be nice, to not resort to violence and stuff like that. Um, because those are toxic traits that have been pushed onto men through societal mm-hmm. changes over, I don't know, millennia. A long time. Um, yeah, so shows like this that come out and show you the different kind of masculinity that is available to all of to all of you, to everyone. Okay. It's really cool. And I, I'm really glad to be seeing this show getting so many good reviews. I've still not watched it again, Apple TV. Uh, but I do have it on my list because I've... Uh, one, obviously, I, I know a lot of the people who produced it are involved in it, and it looks like such a talented uh, cast and crew. But two, yeah, yep. I've just heard so many good things about it, I need, I need to see it. And also, I... Is it Zach Goldsmith? Yeah, he might be the Tory mayor. 
but uh, <laughs> someone gold is one of the lead roles. Plays one of the lead roles of like the star striker in this show. Okay, he's also the writer. Yeah, he was writing the character, and he thought, actually, I'm just going to audition myself for this role, and he was perfect. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing for it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hang on. Are you talking about Brett Gold Gold? Brett Goldstein. Zach Goldsmith is indeed That's very much the not Zach Goldsmith. <laughs> he is. He is absolutely not in the show. But Brett Goldstein. <laughs> who did write Ted Lasso, or was one of the writers, also is one of the characters that he wrote. I do like that. That's cool. That's kind of like Office-esque, where there's a lot of the writers in, in the cast as well. Okay, James, reviews, go. I watched I watched Avatar The Way of Water. Hooray! Of I'd heard a lot of good things about. Uh, I'd heard a lot of good things about the VFX in this film. Yeah. And those were all, that was very well placed. I cannot For believe sure. some of the things they've managed to do. Um, Looks amazing technologically in this film, even just compared to the previous one. Obviously, yep. a decade later, it's a bit easy. It is easier to progress, um, but still underwater stuff. The, an incredible, like that's cool um, physics simulation for the water and stuff like that. And there was there really was to to talk about the good things. It really was a very beautiful film most of the time. Almost all the VFX was very well done. Occasionally, something looked a bit weird. Um, with like an impressive dedication to actually filming and capturing things underwater to then be in an underwater scene. That was it was impressive. You could tell that that was the main reason they made the film because there was a lot of contrived reasons to be underwater at given times. Uh, but yeah, look, it was a very beautiful film, as you'd expect from a thing where they design a, a random planet in, in the in the universe to be a beautiful place to film films in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like. I did not expect the film to be good, and it was not good. It was mediocre, and therefore I enjoyed it a lot. My like, I'm very, I, I am glad to be, have that kind of brain where I can enjoy something that's not that great, as long as I didn't expect it to be. Um, the uh, the message of the film, the writing of the film, the characters in the film—they're all as shallow as expected, with like the occasional hint of some artistry in there, a little bit of intelligence in there. Um, it is very funny that they made a second MacGuffin for this planet to have. Um, yep. In the first film, the whole thing happens because of, like, unobtainium. You know, wow, this this thing, we need to destroy this whole planet for this resource. And then, who cares? We've got to make another MacGuffin for the second film because we need it to be more underwater, so we're going to have whales be a thing that we need to harvest, and it's all for their brain juice that makes humans live forever or something like that. Um, so I'm looking forward to finding out what the third MacGuffin is going to be because there's going to be one for the third film. Um, there was they they expanded the cast. Yep. Um, it was very weird. I think they made it. One mistake they made was having Sigourney Weaver come back because they they had her come back as like her clone having a like kid, a child. Yeah. Her miraculous uh, baby child that her. Uh, unconscious clone body had yep. they brought her back and it was very obviously an old person trying to play a teenager and that didn't work once there was not one moment sure. where it looked like an actual teenager the other kid acting was mostly better than the than the old person doing kid acting but it was still kid acting and there's kids in this film so I think it kind of brings the film down to an even more of a young adult kind of film uh, which maybe is another reason why it wasn't quite so broadly watched because uh, it didn't, as, as we talked about already, it didn't quite make its money back if you look at the real numbers. 
but yeah, like overall, I came into this film expecting a certain level of shallowness and medio- mediocrity, and I got that. Uh, aside from, I guess, sometimes they swam underwater and it was beautiful. Okay. There was <laughs> depth there. <laughs> oh hey, okay. Anything else? Or are we finished? Can we move on? No, I've I've I have watched quite a lot of stuff, but I'm going to do two at a time. Nice. Okay. We'll maybe get to the end of it uh, by episode five hundred. Maybe. One trailer to talk about. It is the TV show spin-off set in the John Wick universe called... Very important and definitely necessary show. The Continental. Here's a clip. Yes. This sacred institution wields power beyond your imagination. Winston, your brother stole something from me. What you took is very important to a lot of very dangerous people. Find him, because if you don't, I'll bring the weight of this whole institution down on you both. Sharon, show our guests the door. So, James, this show looks like a three-part series, which looks at a young Winston and a young Sharon. Which is what we needed. What do you think? With Mel Gibson in it. Yeah, true. Um... It looks like made-for-TV John Wick spin-off. You know? <laughs> yeah, it just looks like exactly what you'd expect. It It, it doesn't look as flashy and well, uh, well um, choreographed and expensive. It just looks like made-for-TV. And if that's what they want to sell us, maybe it's going to be as good as it, we expect. <laughs> it, does, yeah. it doesn't look like I need to see it, though. It really doesn't. Nope. It's not selling it. I thought this looked on the cheap end feels completely unnecessary and just like a marvel-esque grab yeah to is, yeah get more money and expand the universe why do we need this tv show we don't we don't that's like, the answer we don't there's an argument to be made that we do need more like assassins assassinating assassin assassins media it's it's always fun um the like, especially stylish stuff of all the all the different like um, kind of settings and things. It is fun, um, and if they made it fun, that would be I'd be I'd be easy watch. But it looks like they made it where they tried to make it cool, not fun. Um, so I'm not sure. And that's different. It is, and I think if you want to do something cool, because John Wick is mostly cool, not fun. It costs a lot more money to make something cool, not fun. Yeah. Because um, if it's fun we can be more forgiving of all of the cheapness and the and the elements where they've had to strip back um, from the expense. So, uh, yeah, I'm not optimistic. And I don't. we don't need the universe. But there isn't... Like, I get it. Because it, just assassins assassinating assassins, is it's, it does sound like free storytelling. You could do that forever. I If, if that was... If there was like a... Um, a Dungeons and Dragons-esque uh, role-playing game where it was just assassins, assassinating assassins. I could play that for the rest of my life and still not get bored, you know? It, there's potential there if they make it fun. Okay, James, let's talk about some quick-fire stories. I'm actually going to start with oh. football because this one is going to continue to run and run. Oh, and uh, Women's World Cup. Yeah, football. Yes, right. Women's World Cup. Yes, so this is I took a, I took a second. the news that the Spanish Football Federation says it is taking legal action, legal action. over... 
Yeah, over one of its female footballers, Jenny Hermoso. Yeah. And her comments about its president, Luis Rubiales. So... To give you the backstory here. Oh, wait. They're taking legal action against against the player? player. Yes. So That's even worse. (laughs) I know. So to give you the backstory, if you've missed this, you may have already seen the footage. It's very uncomfortable. Spain's women won the World Cup last week. And as they were collecting the trophy, Luis Rubiales, who's the head of the Spanish Football Association... Like the president. ...grabs the head... Of, of Jenny Hermoso, who's one of their star players, and full-on kisses her on the lips. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because he's speech, yeah. apparently so excited. Yes. And, of course, it then came out that everyone said, well, that's very inappropriate. And clearly she did not ask. He, he, he just did it. She wasn't yeah. asked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, Jenny Hermoso then came out and said, yep, it's correct. I did not consent to that kiss. And then 81 Spanish players have confirmed they will not play for the team until Mr. Rubiales is removed or resigns. Okay. And now... Yes, sounds simple. He should just resign. Yeah, the Spanish government then started legal proceedings seeking to suspend Mr. Rubiales. FIFA have also launched disciplinary proceedings. Uh, Rubiales... (laughs) FIFA doing the right thing, imagine. Rubiales then came out to say, I'm not going to resign. I do not deserve this manhunt. What an idiot. Adding, uh, Jenny was the one who lifted me up. I told her to forget about the penalty she missed. I said to her, a little peck. And she said, okay. It was a spontaneous kiss. Mutual, euphoric, consensual. That's the key. A little peck. A consensual peck is enough to get me out of here. A peck. And uh, yeah, the I latest sh- I, is... I got to know the actual translation there. Like, <laughs> I need to understand Spanish language better, I think. But yeah, the, the latest is, as of just uh, the last few minutes, Mr. Rubiales has been suspended by FIFA uh-huh, for yeah. 90 days. Okay. And the Spanish Football Federation are initiating legal action against Jenny Hermoso based on what she said, because they are now accusing her of lying. Right. And saying that it was consensual. Mm-hmm. And now, as of the last few minutes, there's been okay. mass resignations of coaching staff good. in yeah, the Spanish women's national yeah. team. And this is just a few days after they won the World Cup for the first time ever. So, total mess. Yeah, that's really like sp- spoiling the victory um, Very for everyone. Much so. as, it, as it should, if somebody does that and is like, because like, I've seen it, I've seen the I've seen the clip, it, that's not a peck, that wasn't a peck. Even, yeah. even if you said a little peck, that's not a peck, that's, a, that's a, <sighs> much more. Um, like a kiss on the cheek is a peck. Yeah. But this that. was a on the lips, grabbed, grab the face smooch. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, just before I hand over to you, sorry, uh, I'm just quoting here Guillaume Balaguet, who's uh, one of my fave football writers, okay. has said, uh, I see this as one of the biggest weeks I can remember in recent Spanish history because of the way this issue has shaken up football and society as a whole. So it should. So it should. Because there, there, obviously there is a lot of... If, if, if somebody can uh, be... Uh, on a, on the big stage, having just having uh, just had their team win, and then do this to one of their players, and then still feel innocent, even though they've been called out, there clearly are questions being asked. And broadly, we do obviously need to ask these questions at a societal level. Still, yep. um, next level, though, I would say, I would say, I would say, if uh, if 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 uh, the president of like men's football did this to uh, to the captain of the men's team. The would the would the male player feel like he'd be able to come out and say like no I didn't want this I feel like there's a this weird power imbalance and this this objectification of 
all sports players that needs to be addressed as right. well here. But it's it's the fact that he did he did this. There's no oh, yeah, way yeah. you would have grabbed exactly. a man's well, head and forcibly know. kissed him on the lips. I guess it wouldn't surprise me either. I think I think even male players are so much of an object to people that they're seen as his possession. And it wouldn't surprise me if some random power hungry dude treated them like the trophy and and you know did the same thing. It obviously, it has happened to the women's team and it's good that there, there's been pushback to that um, immediately and hopefully it just broadly uh, affects be, even beyond just the landscape of uh, women in sports and can can uh, can affect the conversation of how sports persons are treated because there is this insane level of um, of objectification. I'm going to use the same word over and over again. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what it is. Because you do it? see it. You do see it. You see players getting like patted and touched inappropriately every single olympics every single uh sport sporting event of any size you see you see players male and female being touched in ways that are weird just to give you some final info here it does appear that within spanish government circles Jenny Hermoso has a lot of support, but within the Spanish Football Federation, Imagine. they're backing their guy, and that's the collision yeah. course we're on. But like, the people when where where are where there are these? It's it's hard to come up with a different term. We've just talked about the word toxic masculinity. Are good? Where there are these toxic elements um, of uh, society, and it's like obviously one of those elements is sport. Where in sports, there is this huge amount of toxicity, uh, objectification, ownership, power imbalances, where you see these things, of course, the whole system is going to be behind the person who represents the and, system. And also, they don't want the system to change, so they're going to be behind the guy who's who's made the mistake. One final addendum, Rubial is also in celebration at Spain winning the semi-final that got them to the final, uh, grabbed his crotch while standing next to a 16-year-old princess yeah yeah and again it's, it's these elements of again <laughs> this man has not resigned yeah but it's because these things are so normalized in sports where the sports are seen as this like arena to be the most manly man for all these men in sports and and that 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 obviously overlaps into women's sports as well where any of them of the men that are there still have that kind of eagerness to present themselves as super masculine as super tough and you even see some some of that happening in uh, the women who are partaking they will be toxic as well because sports encourages this kind of assertiveness and aggressiveness and this desire to win but that can that can manifest in horrible okay. ways for everyone yeah. Right, let's uh, quickly talk about three final stories. The head of the British Museum has resigned. Oh, yeah. Hartwig Fisher said he will step down from his role after more than, or near, sorry, nearly 2,000 items <laughs> were stolen from the London... I don't know what these items were. I didn't look yet. ...institution. So to give you the insight then, this is stuff that was not on display. Yeah, they've got a ton of stuff. basically yeah. in back rooms that were yet to be classified or fully documented but over the course of two years the museum had been contacted uh, by an arts dealer uh, dr gradle and said hey i'm pretty sure i've just bought a few dozen items which are actually yours ah. and the museum came back and said uh nope you're wrong everything's accounted our for our system is perfect and uh, then said something derogatory about uh, dr gradle oh. and lo and behold it's come out <laughs> that yes the police have indeed arrested somebody 
and more than 2,000 or close to 2,000 items were stolen over a two-year period. And I, didn't know, I didn't know that first part. And so the British Museum now That's, in tatters. Imagine being told you're being stolen from and your response is like... <laughs> no, we're not. Not even just no, we're not, but like being horrible to the person who's trying to help you. <laughs> But that sounds, to be fair, that just sounds like something that a British museum would do. We've kind of, I think the British Museum possibly kind of maybe holding on to some elements of we own the world uh, kind of feels there. You know, we oh, don't make sure. mistakes. <laughs> to, to the extent that this this is an institution which has received dozens of requests from countries around the give world. Give us stuff back. Yes, it's hilarious. To be like, hey, can you give us our stuff back? And the British Museum are like, no, it's ours. So it's hilarious that an institution built on thieving is 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 getting stolen from. <laughs> it's yeah, somewhat ironic. Okay, moving and, like, on. Museums museums are a great idea. However, we should be voluntarily sharing things with museums um, across nations. Yes. Okay, moving on. Uh, Northern Ireland's police chief has said he is deeply sorry about two industrial-scale breaches of internal data which revealed the identities of, I believe, all of his officers and staff. So a couple weeks ago, the police service of Northern Ireland mistakenly shared details of 10,000 of its employees. Okay. It turns out there was another breach in July, which emerged 24 hours later. How do you do do that by accident? The first letter of every officer's name, their surname, right. the department they worked in, and their um, location uh, was published online. Right. How? And police then confirmed that they believed that information was in the hands of dissidents. I mean, if it was published online, it's in the hands of anyone. <laughs> in, anybody, yeah. And of course, now officers and staff have reacted with anger, yeah. uh, with frustration, nerves, everything, because thousands or at least hundreds of these people um, actually thousands yeah Yeah. were keeping their jobs private because if you work for the cops in northern ireland as we've seen in the news for years now you are a target and now every single or i believe the vast majority of staff within the police in northern ireland their identities have been published online somebody's gonna lose their job Um, i don't know how you publish that stuff online by accident like no (laughs) I publish things for a living, and I make I, I do I do accidentally like publish the wrong thing on the wrong day. I never publish something I wasn't supposed to. You've got to. There's a lot of effort put into putting a thing online. Oh yeah, especially the data of ten thousand people. Yeah. Anyway, that's I'm sure going to run and run. Law firms have already made it known they will re- represent staff who've had their identities revealed, and obviously with more than ten thousand people affected, that is a hefty. That's a lot compensation of lawsuits. Bill. Yeah. Man, taxpayer going to pay that one again. Okay, final story for today. India landed on the moon. Hey, for well, pretty To be cheap. clear, they sent a rocket to the moon rather than the entire country. That would be impressive. Yeah, and then a probe landed on the moon. And there's like so, a, there's something orbiting and there's nothing landed. It's very cool. For less than the cost of the film Interstellar, India's yep. <laughs> space, space agency, that's mad, announced yep. on Wednesday it, it had completed successfully a soft landing on the lunar surface near its southern pole, the dark side of we, the moon. We've never been there before, yeah. Which is, cool. yep, the first ever to land there and just the fourth country ever to successfully send a mission to the moon at all. Yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, it did so for about $75 million, which is crazy. Yeah, like like, like SpaceX are sending rockets to orbit for more than that, you know? Yep. <laughs> 
Uh, Meanwhile, in Russia, they attempted yes, to... they also were doing a lunar mission, yes, yes. Do the same thing, yes. their first lunar mission in 47 years, and it smashed straight into the, hit, into the moon. It hit, a little, it hit a little hard, it landed yeah. a bit extra, yeah. It's a spacecraft uh, spun out of control on landing. It happens, it happens. Uh, and this was after a problem preparing for pre-landing orbits, and of course that's... Uh, it was a big yeah. shame for them. They were very sad. I mean, I'm sure they were. Like, it's it's very intelligent people who are working in all of these spheres, and they care a lot about what they're doing. Um, so everyone involved in sending a rocket to the moon and sending a probe down to the moon, that probe crashing, that's going to be a bit depressing. But um, the second lunar mission for India um, also crashed. The, this is their third, and the first one right. did a, landed, and it found it was amongst the first um, uh, missions to confirm that there is water on the moon. And then the mm-hmm. second one crashed. Now the third one, they 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 made it even more difficult. They crashed number two, and they were like, "Let's do the let's do an even harder landing for the third one," and they did it. And then again, they're a cost cutting agency. The things they're achieving for is obviously because labor is a big part of it. Their their wages yeah, are a lot yeah. lower. But even just like with the tech that they're developing, it's just it's so much more cutting edge on the on the affordable end of the spectrum than the stuff we've been seeing coming out of the states. It is it is really cool to see. Well, considering like NASA's budget is is several billion, it may actually be in the like dozen, maybe twenty billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And India have just sent something to the dark side of the moon for seventy five million. Yeah, well done, guys. But like I well said, both of these gals. agencies and all of these space agencies, they do a lot um, to contribute to to the nations. It's not just that they employ people and and then they do cool things or you discover a bit of science. The technological breakthroughs that they make on almost everything, they do affect. Um, what we produce on Earth, yep. the things they learn about, um, like aerodynamics, the things they learn about heat shielding, the things they learn about propulsion, it all does actually affect um, the technological advancement of those nations as well. So NASA, with all that billions, it's worth it. Um, the Indian Space Agency, with a bit less billions, also worth it. It's like we should do stuff, but we don't often do that in the UK. We've got we've got a space agency. We could do more interesting things. We could, but we don't want to. Well, we left Europe and things have been a bit less inspired ever since. Kind of like leaving Europe was a bad idea for science in general. All the cancer okay. researchers are leaving the UK. All the space people are leaving the UK. It's a shame. Okay, well, speaking of less inspired, that is the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening and thank you for all your thoughts and comments and in-depth reviews, James. They have been really worthwhile. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm actually going to go and listen to it all again when I edit it. So that's going to be could you, really Can you fun. tell that I thought a bit more about my reviews this week compared to previous weeks, maybe? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, just a Maybe bit. you should do that again in future. Just, when I think about it, it takes so long to get through them and then I feel bad. <laughs> it, I'm sure people everywhere enjoyed it. As did I. Anyway, be well. Let's avoid any self-generated colds again. All right, I know I said three would be enough, but... You know, also, Patrick should say goodbye. I will have something totally different to review next week. Oh. I am going to London tomorrow <gasps> to watch a wrestling show at Wembley. It's the, the second biggest wrestling Wait, show in history with 80,000 people in the stadium. And it's we get to bad. test the London curse if it is if it's back. Yeah, see if anyone else famous dies. The London curse was on a hiatus last time. Yeah. So we'll see if it's back. All right, well, stay tuned for that. <laughs> Bet you can't wait to hear my take on men in pants <laughs> fake fighting. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be fun. I hope you enjoy it. I will do. All right. Enjoy. Yeah. I will. Yeah. See you later. Say Patrick's gonna say goodbye. Patrick's gonna say goodbye. Bye. Bye bye, James.
<laughs> Bye, Patrick. Bye, bye, SpongeBob. I've lost it now. It was I fine. can never do it. It was fine. Ah. Finland. <laughs>